to Food Freedom Radio. Uh, I'm Laura Hedlund, a student of permaculture. I've got some beautiful berries in here to, to have as visible evidence. But a student of permaculture, a person who knows cheap food is not cheap. Unless you're using Ferndale turkey with some nice organic vegetables, you can actually make some very affordable uh, food. And uh, a person eager for the 2019 uh, Farm Co-op Tour, which is today, Saturday, July 13th. No RSVPs required. Just just find your farm. And uh, so with us today is uh, someone who's a local food movement, who's with the local food movement, um, and whose grandparents were with the local food movement when it was just local food. <laughs> that was just food. <laughs> that was just food. <laughs> it wasn't even local. It was just food, right? Absolutely. <laughs> so, John Peterson, tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, thank you, Laura. First off, I got to say, I picked the right day to be here with the fresh berries. They're delicious. Thank Ooh. you for thank you for sharing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So a little bit about myself. I'm a third generation family farmer. We grow free range turkeys in Cannon Falls, and we call ourselves Ferndale because my grandmother was Fern and my grandfather was Dale. And uh, in you know short story, we we continue to grow our turkeys the way that the way that they got us started 80 years ago. So our birds are outdoors, not uh, uh, no animal antibiotics or growth promotants uh, used. And then we have the pleasure of selling directly to customers at co-ops and restaurants right here in the Twin Cities. Awesome. So Saturday, July 13th is the co-op farm tour. So what happens um, at that? It is a, it's a wonderful day. I think this will be at least our fifth year participating in the co-op farm tour. And I can honestly say it's one of my favorite days of the whole year. I think it's really at the core of what we do and what makes our type of farming so different. Uh, we have the chance to both show people uh, how our turkeys are grown. And for a lot of visitors, um, they haven't been on certainly a turkey farm. Uh, and for many, they haven't been on a farm of any kind. And so to come and uh, for those folks to be able to see how and where their food is produced um, is a real joy. And then you know, on the, on the other side of that for us, um, it's a, a tremendous source of pride for us to meet the customers that enjoy our products and that see value in the way that we continue to grow our turkeys. And uh, that's just simply not the way that most of agriculture is done today. It's not. And there's something that is just so exhausting about this whole transactional economic system we have. And I've heard that from other farmers. It's like you're growing all this stuff, but you are so disconnected from your actual um, person that you're um, with the food. In fact, I have some of the stuff from Bob Quinn in studio right now, organic farmer Bob Quinn from Montana. And that's one of the things he said. He was starting to grow ancient grains decades ago. And all of a sudden, somebody was saying, you know, wow, I can eat this ancient grain. And I've had all these stomach problems with the other stuff. But Mm -hmm. that meeting person to person was meaningful. Yeah, without a doubt. I I really feel for farmers that don't have that connection to their end customers. I mean, in addition to all of the other challenges that farmers face with variables of weather and markets and all of those things, um, to not feel a tie um, to the the folks that you are are getting out of bed and working for every day, um, most of agriculture does have a, a lot of anonymity. And I think in a lot of cases that's done somewhat intentionally by uh, brands, um, you know, that that are putting their their stamp on rather than providing transparency back to the source. And so, our our system is very different. And that's again what makes days like today, the Co-op Farm Tour, uh, such a great day, where people can come come to the source and find out more. Coming to the source. Okay. So, all right. So, where do people find you? 
So we are in Cannon Falls, and uh, just about 45 minutes south of the Twin Cities. Nice, easy drive down Highway 52. Um, and the nice thing about the co-op farm tour is that they have uh, they lay out the op- options in, in sort of zones or regions. So we're in what they call their south region, um, and there are a number of other farms uh, nearby us in Northfield and Faribault uh, that folks can sort of build a day um, out of as, as they go and see what they would like to see on their own schedule. Right. So um, you can pick up the map at any of the um, Twin City co-ops. You can also go to coopfarmtour.com and find the map. And, and again, no RSVPs. You just drive out and visit with the farm. Exactly. In our case, uh, we do hayride farm tours every 30 minutes. Um, and it's a it's a wonderful, relaxing way for people to see the farm. We're not asking you to put on your work boots and, uh, you know, <laughs> tromp around. Um, you jump on a relaxing hayride um, and we, we kind of tell you what you're, what you're seeing and give a chance to stop and um, be sort of up close and personal with the turkeys. And then we also have an on-farm market. Um, so folks will have the chance to pop into our store and try our turkey products and also see a lot of other local foods. In fact, a lot of the other farm Farms that are a part of the Co-op Farm Tour are folks that we know well and uh, are happy to carry their products in our store. So a lot of familiar names that, that folks might see as well. And so tell us about your store. When did you start that? Great question. We we started the store 11 years ago, which is hard hard for me to fathom that 11 years has gone by, but 2008. Um, and the original vision was really to, to be able to reverse the traditional model rather than farmers bringing their, uh, their goods into the metro. Um, we wanted to provide folks the opportunity to come to the farm, to the source. Um, and so while we, we certainly do bring plenty of turkey to the co-ops in the Twin Cities, um, we love when folks want to reverse that pattern and come out to the farm. So our store is uh, literally right on the farm. It's actually a converted uh, turkey hatchery when we used to hatch our own poults. Um, and so during the summer months, our turkeys are out on range right in front of the store. And uh, in addition to carrying our own turkey, we recognized that there were a lot of other uh, area farmers that were doing things uh, pretty distinctively. So we carry grass-fed beef and pastured pork and great artisan cheeses, um, all from other local independent uh, farmers and food makers. Well, and and uh, uh, this may be kind of a silly question, but will there be samples? Absolutely. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it, would, it wouldn't be farm tour day without lots of samples. <laughs> yeah, we'll have, I know we'll be sampling a lot of our turkey. Um, turkey hot dogs, turkey snack sticks, our popular smoked turkey breast. Um, lots of good things for folks to try. And later on the show, I want to talk more about cooking with your products because I do find your um, you're actually offering something that's both local, that's quality for the water, quality for the soil, fair to people, and can fit into a lot of people's budgets. I mean, the ground turkey meat is widely available, and it's there, there's a lot of ways to cook in that that's lazy, good for, for you food. Yeah. That's certain. That's certainly our objective. I mean, even going back to uh, my grandpa's story um, 80 years ago, really what first attracted him to the notion of growing turkeys was that he saw uh, turkey as an inexpensive source of protein. He grew up in the Depression in a you know big kind of traditional uh, big farm family and uh, saw opportunity um, to provide fair food for the average American family um, by raising turkeys. And so we've really tried to adhere to that and be, uh, you know, be mindful of uh, fair food for everybody involved um, from, from farm to table. 
Yeah, the fair view, fair food for all. I want to know more about your grandparents. Yeah, they were they were wonderful people, and of course, I I wish that I would have had more time uh, to spend with them. But I do have great memories uh, working with my my grandpa um, on the farm. Uh, you know, chasing turkeys back in at night, back into brooder barns. Um, I think the thing to know about my grandpa was that he ate uh, ate slept and bred or ate slept and breathed turkeys. Um, he uh, he wasn't feeling right if the turkeys weren't feeling right. That was his his passion and certainly his his purpose here on earth, and that um, that has carried through for for three generations. And um, statistically, from uh, history, uh, from 1945 to 1988, there were 2 million fewer owners of U.S. US agriculture. So in those years, from the World War II to today, um, the number of independent farmers has really um, dropped dramatically. Mm -hmm. Did you guys witness that? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And I, I think that when we're talking about the farm tour day, that again brings us back to the, the real foundational point of difference for us and for the folks that are on the tours that they remain independent family farms. And, you know, we talked a little bit about anonymity, and I think some of that stems from that, you know, farms have grown and some farms have come under corporate control or have come under control of, um, you know, one of the big uh, food marketing companies. Um, and so for folks like us that are that are still here and are still independent, we, we do need to find a different path and carve, carve a different path. And uh, the co-ops and the, the folks that see value in the way that we're we're doing things differently, um, that's what that's what underpins all of that. The irony is that we're not doing something um, you know wild and new. Um, I think sometimes people perceive that we're in some new specialty market. <laughs> we're actually the ones who've continued. Um, you know, we have adhered the to the same practices we've used for 80 years. And so they have brought us this far and we're proud to carry it forward. And Chris, I mean, but if you can produce um, turkeys for a much lower cost per pound for people, why would we not want to do that as a community? Well, I, I couldn't agree more. I think, th I think that we should all be uh, eating more turkey. I mean, from a, from a, a carbon footprint standpoint, turkeys are very efficient converters of feed into into meat, mm -hmm. um, and uh, so I do think there's a great sustainability story uh, to be told as it relates to turkey. And then certainly, um, you bring the local nature of our product in um, that it's not being trucked halfway across the country. Um, it's it's grown right here and uh, grown with far fewer inputs um, than a lot of the other meats available. Um, so you're absolutely right, Laura. Turkey Turkey does have a, a great green story to be told. Yeah, it does. Because And also, you, you're strict on not doing any antibiotics. Absolutely. Um, and so, you know, when we talk about sustainability, there are lots of different, um, you know, pieces of that puzzle that come into play and different values that people bring. But when, when we look at um, our total elimination of antibiotics, I, I believe that that has a huge public health benefit long term. Um, every time that an antibiotic is used, we diminish the usefulness uh, for some future generation. Um, and there are and certainly have been a lot of uh, overuse or injudicious use of antibiotics in the raising of, of, of poultry and livestock. And so so we're we're very proud um, to have 
eliminated antibiotics and to be able to um, you know, have the assurance that our, our practices work to keep our turkeys healthy in tandem with nature and not relying on, on medications or treatments. Well, and that's so important because 80% of the antibiotics um, used in this country is used for our farm system. And as a result, antibiotic resistance is going way up and it's likely to cause a lot, a lot of problems. So you're listening to Food Freedom Radio on AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. Hi, I'm Dr. Scott Shamblot from Shamblot Family Dentistry. We're the fear-free, get-you-out-of-pain-now dental office. And I'm Rachel Shamblot. Did you know a lot of people are afraid of the dentist? You don't need to be afraid of my dad. He makes going to the dentist comfortable and even fun. We don't care if you're a dental regular or haven't seen a dentist in years. We just want to make you comfortable and get you out of pain. If you don't see my dad, please see another dentist. Take care of your teeth because they're the only ones you get. Call 1-800-FIX-MY-TEETH or visit fixmyteeth.us. Supporting the best local and independently owned restaurants in the Twin Cities has never been easier. You'll find an expansive list of local dining options at eatlocalminnesota.com. From classic American comfort food to authentic flavors from around the world. Experience cozy fireside dining at the Downtowner Woodfire Grill in St. Paul, specializing in fresh seafood, fire-roasted meats and pizzas, all cooked over an oak-burning fire, and salads and sandwiches, too. Join them for breakfast, lunch, and dinner seven days a week, located at 253 West 7th Street with plenty of free parking, or online at downtownerwoodfire.com. Burger Moe's is the perfect neighborhood gathering spot before and after Excel Center events or anytime. Offering 20 fresh, never frozen burger varieties, more than 60 beers on tap, and happy hours twice daily. Burger Moe's is located at 242 West 7th Street in St. Paul with plenty of free parking and online at burgermoes.com. Native Ritz Radio is proud to announce we've added an extra hour. Yeah, Chuchke, one hour goes by too fast. That's right, Uncle Curtis. I'll have extra time to share important information about our sacred animals. And report national and native news from all over the country and Canada. This new hour is sponsored by Robbins Kaplan LLP, dedicated to redefining excellence for high-stakes litigation representation in Indian country. We are awake Eat fresh and support local farmers this summer by shopping at the Minneapolis Farmer's Market. The market has the best selection of fresh and local fruits and vegetables, meats, and farmstead goods. Fresh at the market now, cherry tomatoes, cauliflower, broccoli, cucumbers, zucchini, beets, carrots, and even some new baby potatoes. The Minneapolis Farmer's Market is open every day, 6 a.m. to 1 p.m., plus there's additional locations Tuesday at the Hennepin County Government Center and Thursdays at Nicollet Mall. More details at mplsfarmersmarket.com. Tom Hartman here for All Energy Solar. One of the myths about solar is that you save more if you wait, but waiting to switch can actually cost you more. While tax rebates make solar affordable, those rebates are often limited and decrease over time. So when you wait, you risk losing some of the incentives that make solar so easy to afford today. And besides, the sooner you get your All Energy Solar system, the sooner you reduce or even eliminate that high electricity bill. Make the switch today at allenergysolar.com. Welcome back to Food Freedom Radio. I'm Laura Hedlund, and we're talking about the 2019 Farm Co-op Tour, which is today. Yay! Um, in studio with us is John Peterson from Ferndale Turkey in Cannon Falls, and joining us by phone right now is Greg Reynolds. And Greg, your farm is also on the Co-op Farm Tour today. So welcome to Food Freedom Radio. Yeah. 
Thanks. Good to be here. Nice, nice to hear to you. So where is Riverbend Farm? We are about 30 miles west of Minneapolis. We're just off Highway 12 um, on the west side of Delano. Great. And so what will people see if they go out to your farm today? Um, we have, you know, we've got a, a small organic vegetable farm. Um, we do a lot of tomatoes and peppers and um, things, you know, regular things like that. But a lot of what I've been interested in lately is um, seeds, locally adapted seeds, and um, selecting ones that taste, you know, taste great, uh, do well, um, have disease, good disease resistance, things like that. So we'll kind of look at uh, some of the uh, things that are happening with seeds and uh, kind of walk around and see what else is going on. Well, and that's so important, especially in the age of climate change. Yes. Yeah. That, that um, you know, it, most of the seeds aren't, gro- aren't grown in Minnesota, and they're not grown for our climate. We have a, a fairly humid climate, and a lot of the seed-growing regions are dry, so they don't have disease pressures that we see, or, they, or they're not able to identify them in the in the seed stock so once we get them here they you know the hybrid tomato seeds for example tomato you grow your own plants you'll notice that um, the lower leaves are probably turning yellow now or they're getting yellow spots on them yeah i sure have noticed that a lot yeah that's either of two real common diseases um leaf um leaf spot or early blight um and they're endemic here it's you know basically all the soils you know anybody that's had a garden has got it and they're two diseases that are relatively easy to select away from so my heirloom tomatoes don't show the the yellow leaves on the bottoms and there are a few that do i mean an open Mm -hmm. pollinated variety isn't genetically pure um so there's some variation but if, if you look at the the our heirlooms, they're healthy leaves all the way right down to the ground, and our say hybrid cherry tomatoes are starting to show those yellow leaves on the bottom because they're susceptible to those diseases. Well, okay. So why do you participate in the co-op farm tour? It's a good way to get people out to the farm and show them what we're doing, what small farms are like. People are generally pretty far removed from farming and where their food comes from. That, you know, nobody, I mean, there's only, what, less than 2% of the population that lives on a farm. And the number of people whose parents or grandparents even had a farm is pretty small. So so I, I think it's important for people to, to have some idea where their food comes from. I mean, I think that it's important for people to garden, to get involved with their food. Well, and I, I do too. I mean, I guess I am Facebook Live and you can see my fruit here. I mean, I've got blueberries and raspberries several different times, gooseberries, um, and, and, and just feeling this connection with nature and with life. It's it's sort of the way we're meant to live. <laughs> yeah. Anything you grow your, yourself always tastes better than anything you can buy. So yeah. it's a, it's, it is. It's a, it's a real connection to the rest of the world. 
And it's important to be connected to each other also with connections with the consumer, which is what you were talking about earlier, John Peterson uh, from Ferndale, is that people can, uh, a lot of farmers out there, they're, they're growing for customers. They don't, they're just growing, they're not as connected to their customers. Yeah, absolutely. And I would I would echo everything that, that Greg just said about how far removed most consumers are from food. And I guess, you know, as, as you're commenting, oftentimes farmers are just as removed from, from the consumers or where that uh, finished good is going to end up. And so... You know that is the that is the joy of a day like today. The co-op farm tour for for both sides of the equation, both the farmer and the consumer, have a chance to interact, and that that just doesn't happen in our food world today. Right, and I bet we'll see some butterflies on your farm, wouldn't we, Greg? <laughs> some pollinators. Yep, yep. There are uh, you know lots of a fair number of monarchs, um, admirals. Um, some of them are are you know I don't see them that often or that. I'll be on the tractor and see it. It's hard to identify a, a butterfly. But then we have lots of bees. Uh, Ames Farm actually has beehives here. So we get a lot of the honeybees and native pollinators, too. So the organic movement started because people were really concerned about pesticide use. Um, and yet um, there was a great article in the Stern Tribune Sunday paper. It was on the front page of the Sunday paper about fake organics. Do you guys have any comments yeah. on that article? I mean, one of the statistics in it is that, I'm, yeah. I was going to say, I'll let John go first because he's got more, probably more of a stake in that than, well, than I do, unless he's growing his own feed. Yeah, the the interesting thing for us, so we don't grow our own feed, um, but we're also not uh, feeding a certified organic feed. Um, so you you probably have a, a more up-close uh, connection to, to some of that, Greg, but um, I, I was really struck by um, the, you know, the statistics that showed the growth in demand for organic goods um, and how that was paired with the unfortunate lack of growth in number of organic acres grown. Right. Um, you would certainly like to think that uh, growth and demand would lead to a, a growth in supply and opportunity for organic producers. Well, and it is opportunity for farmers because less than 1% of row crops in the United States are certified organic. So that means that's affecting our pollinators and our soil quality and our water quality because our system is not as connected to each other. And um, so, Greg, do you have any comments on this fake organic? Well, well, I do. Um, that the you know that's been going on for a few years. That's there's been rumblings about that, and uh, by the time it shows up on the front page of the paper, it's pretty well documented. I mean that's a, that's that's old news for organic producers. And part of the problem is that the fake organics drives the price down. You know, the, I mean, the Minnesota Department of Agriculture has been after uh, people who are doing fake organics for. I'll bet 10 years. I think there was, uh, somehow it comes up with a potato grower or somebody that had, yeah, uh, yeah there was, there was, you know, faking it 10 years ago. And what it does is it drives the price down for everybody else. And that's what's, it's, um, it's hard to go from a fairly high value crop like fruits and vegetables to grain, which is um, relatively, or on a per acre basis, relatively cheap. Uh, so then, that's so yeah yeah i'm sorry and then, and then it's how do we have a trust economy you know we can't really i mean that that's it's and one of the quotes in the article from conocopia institute is that grain buyers aren't incentivized to seek the truth so so mm-hmm. when mm-hmm. we can do things like the co-op farm tour where we're actually next to each other 
then we can kind of know each other, right? Yeah. Well, I think organic certification is, I think it's a great thing, but it's really a substitute for knowing who's growing your food. Um, you know, John may not be certified organic, but if I go to his farm I, and look around and see that, you know, his birds are clean and the, um, the place looks like it's it's well taken care of and the, um, even, you know, the people that work there enjoy what they're doing, um, I have a lot more confidence that he's doing a, a great job raising turkeys. Um, well, I thank you so much, Greg. We're going to take a bit of a break. You're listening to Food Freedom Radio on AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. Hello, friends. I've been talking to you about Prairie Oaks Memorial Eco Gardens, Minnesota's first green cemetery dedicated to celebrating life and protecting our environment. One of the many wonderful things they have is something called the living urn. Ashes are buried in an urn with seedlings, ultimately coming back to life as a glorious tree. Isn't that a beautiful thing? Why don't you log on to the website mngreengraves.com. Learn more about Prairie Oaks Memorial Eco Gardens. See if it might be something that's meaningful for you. Connections Radio Show is all about tapping into our hardwired hunger to connect. We examine meaningful connections to ourselves, our community, and the world around us by opening the door to innovative insights by a wide variety of interesting guests. We'll make the connections to something bigger than ourselves. Join me, Lori Fitz, your host of Connections Radio Show, and together we'll make the connections. Saturday mornings at 9 a.m. on AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. Seward Co-op, serving the community for nearly 45 years, invites you to shop their two convenient locations, both offering the strong commitment to local producers and healthy foods you've come to expect. Seward focuses on locally grown and raised products, fair trade, and environmental sustainability. Shop their selection of meats, artisan cheeses, and house-made baked goods. Find Seward at 2823 East Franklin Avenue or the Friendship Store on 38th Street and 3rd Avenue in Minneapolis. More at seward.coo. I'm Connie Burek, co-host of Awakened Living Infusion Radio Show. Join Michelle Kitzmiller and I as we focus on all aspects of health, wellness, spirituality, and growth from a mind, body, spirit, emotion perspective. On the Awakened Living Radio Show, we will discuss stress, self-care, fear, happiness, beliefs, communication, joy, pain, trauma, and more. Join us for the Awakened Living Infusion radio show Saturdays at 10 a.m. Let us share with you ways to infuse vitality into life. With all the convenient big box stores that sell appliances, why do so many Minnesotans choose Warner Stellion? Check online to learn that Warner Stellion is a Minnesota family-owned business for over 60 years. Warner Stellion sells more brands than anyone else, and our passionate specialists are committed to impressing you so much that you'll refer us to everyone you know. That's our mission here at Warner Stellion. Ask around, check us out online, and when it's your time to buy appliances, join over 300,000 Minnesota homeowners and choose the specialists. Warner Stellion. Burger Moe's gorgeous patio is open for the season. Enjoy nightly happy hours, more than 60 beers on tap, and the weather while you watch your favorite game on the outdoor screen. And don't miss live music Thursdays, Fridays, and Saturdays. Offering 20 fresh, never-frozen burger varieties, Burger Moe's also offers delicious appetizers, soups, salads, as well as unburgers, dogs, paninis, shakes, and desserts. Burger Moe's is located at 242 West 7th Street in St. Paul with plenty of free parking and online at burgermoes.com. 
With your AM 950 weather, I'm Hunter Hawes. Saturday, sunny with a high near 87. Sunday, mostly sunny with a high near 90. And Monday, mostly sunny with a high near 92. Total Dog Company. Save money with Total Dog Company's frequent barker program. They know dogs and can help you get the right products and give the best advice. No cat, no bird supplies, totally dogs. Conveniently located off 169 and 36th Avenue in New Hope. Find out more at totaldogcompany.com. I'm Laura Hedlund, a student of permaculture, a person who knows cheap food is not cheap, and a person eager for the 2019 Farm Co-op Tour, which is today, Saturday, July 13th. In studio with us is the owner of Ferndale Turkey, John Peterson, and joining us by phone is Greg Reynolds from Riverbend Farms in Delano. And Greg, when we're on break, we were talking about um, chemical use, and years ago you reached out to me uh, with because um, you wanted to... to you shared with me the story or the book you read, What's Making Our Children Sick. So tell us just yeah. what your memories are of that book, What's Making Our Children Sick. Well, that's a, it's a book written by um, uh, integrative health physician and a biologist. And I, I don't remember the two women's name. One is Piro, and I forget the other one. But the, it's, um, it's a book where, they, where the doctors, doctor has patients that come to her that, who are... Um, have all kinds, a whole range of um, sicknesses and uh, maladies, and and they deal with a um, with it as as a, a problem with diet and gut health, and so they they put their patients on an organic diet. They try to get rid of um, all the pesticides. They don't they don't. It's not like a whole thirty day or diet or a, a paleo diet necessarily, but sometimes they do eliminate dairy and things like that, and. The, the woman who's the biologist explains why these things make a difference. And so, like with Roundup, um, mammals don't have the uh, enzyme pathway that Roundup affects. So, in theory, it doesn't affect us, except that our gut bacteria do have that pathway, so it affects them. And, the, you know, more and more research is showing that your, your gut bacteria, your biome, your inner biome, is very important to your health and, and your mental well-being. You know, with the vagus nerve and all. Right, right. The, the vagus nerve. And uh, so the whole Monsanto lawsuits this year, that's one really bright piece of good news. Um, and people can look at that mm-hmm. Monsanto paper just to get a sense of these, the, the way chemicals are used in our food system right now is, is scary. <laughs> I mean, over a billion yeah. pounds of pesticides are sprayed every year on the crops. And so tell us, yeah. you, you've had some personal experience around this as well this last year. Yeah, we have. This spring, um, our neighbor was, you know, somebody else rents the land across the road, and um, they were getting ready to plant soybeans, and, of course, they're genetically engineered soybeans, and he hires a company to to spray, and uh, everybody gets jammed up and tries to get everything done before it rains, and it was too windy. The wind was out of the east because it was going to storm, and they were doing field work, and, uh, you know, the smell of the chemicals was really strong and it was like wow what are they doing and um we didn't think you know i mean because we can smell it a lot and we didn't think that much of it um and then it must have been probably a week or 10 days later uh plants in our greenhouse start to show little yellow spots and mary first saw it on zinnias and thought was there a new bug that's doing this and then i think it was the next day we started to see it on other plants and 
the you know like the the cucumbers and melons that we'd had started just wilted they they were like they fainted i mean they were they weren't quite dead but they weren't very good um and so it took us a while but we put it together that that was probably drift from when they were trying to get that other field ready and um that actually that field is uh, run by a guy who does a lot of vegetables and is conventional uh but he was very sympathetic when I called him because he'd had a problem with uh, dicamba revolatilizing out of his neighbor's soybean field and drifting into his pumpkin field. And uh, he grows a lot of uh, the pumpkins for cub and super value. And um, he had a multi-million dollar loss. Um, so it affects everybody. It's not just organic. It's conventional guys. It's, you know, this chemical stuff is not good for anybody. And so is there any protection or recourse for people, or they're just losing because the neighbor can spray as much chemicals as you want? <laughs> there, um, I don't, I, you know, I don't, I don't know. I, you know the, the thing is, is it worth, worth it for me to hire a lawyer, try to document all this stuff? I, you know, I, I contacted the Department of Agriculture and our certifier, and they both came and took samples and sent them out for analysis, and they found that there was no... The Department of Agriculture's um, really got poor resolution on whoever's doing their analytic work, but um, our certifier, MOSA, their, their lab can test down to parts per billion, and what they said is they could find residue, but it was sort of at an environmental level. So if I hadn't reported it, there wouldn't, you know, there wouldn't have been... There wouldn't have been anything out of the ordinary that... I mean, there are so many chemicals used that they're raining, raining on us out of the you know when it, when we get a storm. Well, Greg and I, so, I want to tell people again how they can go visit your farm because it's Farm Co-op Day, and and how can yep. people connect with this so that we can stop that insanity? <laughs> yeah, um, we're straight out Highway 12, so get on 394, um, keep going through Wayzata, Wayzata, turn into Highway 12, go through Delano. We're about three and a half miles west of Delano. There'll be a sign uh, on the shoulder of the road by the turn lane, and then uh, you turn right onto Calder, and we're the third place on the left-hand side. Well, I thank you so much, Greg Reynolds with Riverbend Farms from Delano um, for joining us. And uh, the farm's open from 10 to 4 on July 13th, today, Saturday. And for all the farms and participating in this, you can go to coopfarmtour.com. So, again, I thank you. And so, John... My pleasure. Yeah. John, I don't know even how to go with this sometimes because it's like you and I've been saying this a lot. Anytime anyone seems to know a lot about one issue, it can be almost paralyzing. I mean, we know about all the environmental problems with pesticides. We know about all the environmental problems with our water. We know about the soil. We know that our farmers are really, really hurting right now. There are all of these huge issues going on. And I want to go to a farm co-op tour for hope. Mm -hmm. Well, I tend to be a glass half full guy, and maybe um, maybe sometimes I'm uh, I'm too optimistic. But I do think that if you're looking for um, rays of hope or signs that uh, you know that change in agriculture is possible, the co-op farm tour is a good place to start um, to see farms like Greg's, uh, farms like ours um, that are doing things differently. And uh, I think the only way that we create that change is for 
customers, whether they're, um, you know, the, the customers that come down to the farm tour or the co-ops that are uh, sourcing products directly from our farm or from farms like Greg's, um, when they when they see the difference and when they hear some of these stories um, about how, how agriculture has changed and is impacting uh, the, the folks that are boots on the ground on farms each day, um, they have the opportunity to create change uh, with their with their wallet, with their food dollar, um, and I think without days like uh, like today, the the co-op farm tour um, change like that is is harder to make. Right, because one of the things with that um, horrible story about the drift is the use of rental land, which of course. Do you, for someone who's not familiar with that system, can you explain it? Or I, I'm not yeah. an expert on yeah. rental land either. We, um, you know, we own all of our farm, and we don't uh, we don't rent land, and we don't have any uh, of our own crop land. So I'm not I'm not the expert either. But certainly, you know, as farms have continued to grow, and as Greg mentioned, uh, you know, fewer fewer families on the farm. Um, certainly, more and more families are turning to uh, renting their land to to increasingly larger uh, area farmers. Yeah, and uh, one organization that has some fantastic information is FarmAid.org. Um, they've got some great facts out there, and that's Willie Nelson. Um, and they also announced this week that uh, when the Farm Aid, the next big Farm Aid concert, which, they, which they've been doing for 30 years, is going to be in Wisconsin. So it's in East Troy on September 21st. And uh, and so they've got Neil Young, John Mellencamp, Dave Matthews, Tim Reynolds, and Bonnie um, and so, I mean, that's, I'm, I'm excited for Farm Aid. I, I don't know if I'll go, but it, but one of the things that they had on their website is is um, Wisconsin dairy farms have been especially hard hit, that they're seeing another farm crisis, just like the farm crisis in the 80s, which started Willie Nelson's Farm Aid tour. Are you aware of that? Are, are you, um, do, I mean, you, you work in a lot of local circles. I mean, is, is the local food movement being able to hold up our farmers? Yeah, that's a great question. I, I mean, I think again to you know to take the glass half full approach. Um, you know, I would say the, the the Twin Cities and our regional marketplaces is really unique. And I don't know if your listeners or um, you know folks in this area recognize what a what a jewel this area is with the abundance of natural food co-ops. Um, you know, you would be really hard pressed to find another metro area of our size um, anywhere in the country, um, save for maybe you know one or two other areas that would have um, you know that would have such a such an array across the metro of Twin Cities food co-ops who really day in and day out work to to source from folks like us and support farms like us, and so they create the demand that enables farms like us to do what we do. Um, you know, if, if we didn't have a buyer, um, we wouldn't have the ability uh, to continue growing turkeys in this way and keep that value on our farm. And that's, um, you know, that's kind of my soapbox issue is that so oftentimes farmers end up trapped in a system uh, where their their only outlet or their only buyer, um, you know, is the, the big commodity company. Right, and I have a friend that's a dairy farmer in Minnesota, and like there's the statistic that more than 40% of the dairy farms in Wisconsin, I mean, that's hard to even wake up to what that might mean. But, yeah, they used to have all sorts of different places where they could sell, and then all of a sudden there was only one place to sell. And so then it, it just it, it, it creates a, a sterile ecosystem. 
Yeah. And that's why the whole people-to-people economy is so darn important. That's why the co-ops are so important. So having the co-ops was important to Ferndale Turkey. Oh, without a doubt. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I, I've i said many times that, you know, when my when my grandpa got started 80 years ago, um, he wasn't thinking about selling to co-ops. That wasn't the way that agriculture was, was done then. And he was simply looking for a farm that was really well suited to do what he wanted to do. Um, but had he not chosen a, a site that just so happened to be under an hour from the Twin Cities Metro. Um, I don't. I don't know that we would be here and doing um, doing things in the in the way that we are. It's really the the support of certainly the co-ops and other independent grocers that that see value in doing things differently, and certainly um, a lot of good farm to table uh, restaurants as well. Uh, we really do have a unique uh, food ecosystem here, and it's the you know it's the demand that drives the continued growth and supply. We hope, of course. Yeah, I wonder what really sits behind all that ecosystem. And I think the one word that pops into my mind is genuine community. And we kind of like each other. Without a doubt. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Yeah, kind of, and how, how and how we have that vibrancy and that stubbornness, maybe. <laughs> yeah, and, and I think that, you know the co-ops are certainly rooted in the belief that we're all better when we work together and that we can accomplish more together. And I, you know, I believe strongly in that partnership notion um, that we have a a partnership with the co-ops, and we have a you know we I believe we have a moral partnership with our with our customers as well to produce the the very best food that we can. And I think that does go back to that sort of collaborative um, ethos that we that we have in this area yeah that ethos and, and values um, in uh, so and then that was the um, that was what sat behind the organic movement and in, in permaculture the principles are uh, uh, care of people care for the earth and fair share so everyone gets their fair share and then voila it's an abundant yeah. world fair food fair food people earth fair food uh, you know it sounds a lot funner too doesn't it yeah. so co-op fun uh, co-op fun tour yeah you can say co-op fun tour why <laughs> it'll not? be fun it'll be fun uh, co-op farm tour uh, co-op farm tour.com from 10 to 4 on saturday july 13th Eat fresh and support local farmers this summer by shopping at the Minneapolis Farmers Market. The market has the best selection of fresh and local fruits and vegetables, meats, and farmstead goods. Fresh at the market now, cherry tomatoes, cauliflower, broccoli, cucumbers, zucchini, beets, carrots, and even some new baby potatoes. The Minneapolis Farmers Market is open every day, 6 a.m. to 1 p.m., plus there's additional locations Tuesday at the Hennepin County Government Center and Thursdays at Nicollet Mall. More details at mplsfarmersmarket.com. Hello, fellow AM950 listeners. This is JJ from Nightingale at 26 in Lindale. Come experience our delicious signature dishes and exciting rotation of inventive seasonal fare for my wife and chef, Carrie, and her team. Nightingale is the perfect place to gather for any occasion with our extensive wine, beer, and cocktail selection, along with our dedication to great service. We offer a full menu every day from 4 to 1 a.m., two award-winning daily happy hours, and weekend brunch at 10. More at nightingalempls.com. Hi, this is Ken Hagland, host of Living Healthy and Aging Well, inviting you to listen to our new show airing on Saturdays from noon to one, where we talk about your health and your life and provide insights to living and aging well. Each week, we provide answers to important questions regarding health care, elder care, end-of-life care, and caregiver support to help you and your loved ones plan for the future and enjoy your highest quality of life today. Please join us every Saturday from noon to one for Living Healthy and Aging Well. 
Hi, Matt McNeil here, and I love Rudy Luther because I love my Toyota Sienna, but I keep going back because of Luther's top-notch customer service. A great example, the Luther Advantage card. With every new and used vehicle purchase, you'll get three years of $0.10 off per gallon of gas at Holiday Station stores and $5 off the works car washes. The Luther Advantage card keeps you happy in your Rudy Luther vehicle, which in turn makes me and many others loyal Rudy Luther customers. Find out more at Rudy Luther Toyota, 394 and 169 in Golden Valley. Total Dog Company has a great rewards program. It's called the Frequent Barker Card. You earn punches on the card based on the amount you spend. One punch for every $10. After you get 12 punches, you can redeem the card for $10 off a purchase. Everything we sell qualifies, so you get points and use points on things you really want. The Frequent Barker Program at Total Dog Company in New Hope, right off of 169 at 9432 36th Avenue North and at TotalDogCompany.com. This is Ellie Krug from Ellie 2.0 Radio on Mondays from 7 to 8 a.m. Many listeners know that I founded Human Inspiration Works LLC, which trains on human inclusivity and on how to be welcoming diverse humans. Today, organizations of all sizes find that they need to train team members on diversity and inclusion. I can do that. Many say that my trainings change the way they see the world. I'd love to help make your organization more welcoming. For more information, go to humaninspirationworks.com. Thank you. So, welcome back to Food Freedom Radio, and we just got the announcement this week on Farm Aid. Willie Nelson, Neil Young, John Mellencamp, Dave Matthews, uh, September 21st, right next to East Troy, Wisconsin. So, that's the Farm Aid. And... uh, One of the things I'm going to quote from Willie Nelson here is, the reason for the farm crisis we're now in are similar to what family farms faced in the 1980s. Almost all of the reasons are out of the farmer's control. Low crop prices pushing farm income down year after year, terrible weather disasters that just won't quit, trade wars so farmers can't even sell what they grow. So it all can be exhausting. So what can you do in exhausting times? You've got to hold on to each other. You know, that's the only, that's, that's the remedy. So you hold on to each other and you form a community and you try to figure it out together. And uh, so today, July uh, 13th is the Farm Co-op Tour. And with me is one of the stops um, is John Peterson uh, with Ferndale Turkey. And so what's going on today um, in Cannon Falls? Yep, we have a, we have a great day planned. Um, as I mentioned earlier in the show, we'll be doing hayride uh, farm tours. So every 30 minutes, um, you can jump on a hay wagon and come see our farm and learn a little bit about our history and how our turkeys are grown. And then, of course, see some turkeys um, while we're out. And it should be a beautiful day for that. And then we'll also have samples in our store. Um, we also have a nice air-conditioned space in the store. I know it's a, it's a warm day, um, so it's nice for people to be able to, to pop in and cool off. But then back outside we'll have um, games for kids we bring in some sand so kids have a little sandbox in the in the grass to play in and uh, also one of our favorite things is that we have live music from an area farmer um, oh. Ray Rusnak from LNR poultry and produce um, near near to us in Kenyan um, and she raises uh, eggs that we sell in our market and uh, she's also a musician, uh, multi-talented uh, individual. So she will be there. Uh, Free Ranger is the name of her uh, group, and they'll be playing live music. So, oh, that's great. Fun day. Yeah, it's a fun, festive day. So it's 10 to 4. When's the music? I believe the music uh, is from 11 to 2. 11 to 2, and the whole event is from 10 to 4. Tell us again about your store. Yeah, so, um, you know, our store is sort of 
focused, of course, around our turkey and other local meats. Um, and we, you know, we sort of lovingly call it our flagship store where we have everything. So, I mean, it's the one one store where you can find everything that uh, that we make out of out of turkey, um, certainly going beyond just the Thanksgiving bird and into hot dogs and snack sticks and some of those other products. Um, but then to round out the mix, um, we carry a lot of other great local foods, again, kind of specializing in meats and dairy, um, all from folks that are uh, not only local, but also independent and uh, using distinctive or traditional uh, practices. We really do want to sustain independent family farmers um, and not just draw you know, geographical line and call it local, um, but there's really a, a mission beyond uh, you know, simple geography. Right. So is this connected to freedom? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, the, the freedom for to farmers, for farmers and for farm families to continue uh, farming in the way that they have um, and uh, to preserve their independence. I mean, I think that we oftentimes uh, think of farmers as very independent folks. Um, and unfortunately, uh, sort of like the Willie Nelson quote that you, you mentioned at the top here, a lot of farmers have lost a lot of that independence um, through no no fault or control. Through no of their fault own. or control, and like I was quoting earlier, that article that even though the rise in organics has skyrocketed, the row crops less than one percent of row crops in the United States are grown organically. So people are still really struggling to. We've kind of lost the freedom and control, and the way to get it back is to support each other, to support the co-ops, and to create that community together. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, regardless of what business you're in, whether you're a farmer or a you know a car manufacturer, whatever the case might be, ultimately your livelihood depends on a buyer. And I think the real change in agriculture is that the number of uh, buyers um, has been so has become so consolidated. Um, whether that's in you know the meat world, we see it. Uh, you know, up close and personal, that there's just been such uh, dramatic consolidation um, that the farmer has really gone from having some ability to influence the the price to really becoming a, a price taker. And I think that's happened to happened to most folks in agriculture. So many con- uh, consequences of the concentration. I mean, media is highly concentrated. AM 950 is a radio station owned by a person who only owns one radio station. So this this whole vibe of decentralized and it, it's funner. We have only like four minutes left, and I want to talk about recipes. <laughs> Let's go, yeah. Let's go. Let's go talk about the recipes. And um, I'm going to, like I like shared, uh, one of the things I love about your products is um, uh, we have a mixed family in terms of vegetarians and vegans. And so you can take some of your products and chop them up and put them in a vegan soup and, it you know, add a little bit of meat. Um, do you want to share just some of the different products you have available? Yeah, definitely. I, I mentioned that uh, a, a moment ago. I think so oftentimes when people hear of a turkey farm, they think of Thanksgiving, and uh, of course we're we're grateful for that. It's really unique as turkey farmers to have one uh, national holiday where nearly all of the country is going to to gather as a family um, around a turkey. So we love that time of year. Um, but uh, you know, for us to be a, a viable business year-round, um, we've really looked for opportunities to help folks introduce turkey 52 weeks a year. So we've talked a lot, Laura, about our ground turkey, uh, which is very popular. Um, you know, as a leaner, more economical uh, substitute for other ground proteins. 
Um, and then we we've also have a very popular smoked turkey breast and roasted turkey breast for folks that want you know something quick and easy to throw quick on a sandwich easy. or a salad yeah. at lunch. You can grill some vegetables, do some roasted vegetables, get out the grill, do the vegetables and potatoes, and then just slice the turkey on top of it to heat yeah. it up a little bit. It's ready to go and a yeah. nice elegant meal. Yeah, we all know that we live in a convenience culture, and so mm-hmm. we have really tried to find ways to um, to adapt um, and you know provide a product that is is ready to go for for people that are busy as we all are. Um, we also make snack sticks and turkey hot dogs and all um, all different kinds of uh, turkey cuts. Of course, you know the the breast, the eye, drumstick, wing, all of those uh, cuts. Folks can find both at our on farm market uh, and also at Twin Cities Co-ops. Awesome! And I'm going to be doing a class, um, and it's I'm doing it with the Open Door Pantry, and I totally agree on we are in a convenience culture, and I want fast, lazy, good food. I also want slow food, and I've kind of figured out this goofy way for myself that works wonderfully. And I'm going to do a class on it, and the class is done with the Open Door Pantry. Org. So if anyone wants to sign up for the class, they can go to opendoor.com. Um, it's Garden to Table programs um, for classes and events. This one's going to be Thursday, October, uh, Thursday, August 13th from 4 to 7, and there is a cost of $25. All that, all that money goes to the Open Door Food Pantry. What we're doing is bulk cooking. So you get out a big pot, you throw in a bunch of, bunch of vegetables, and you let it cook down for a little bit, and then you can put it in c- containers. So year-round, I want to preserve some of the wonderful food that I got in the summer, I can just grab that container. So I'm doing a couple hours of work in the peak season. I can go to the farmer's market and buy whatever vegetables I like, but then I can pull it out. And when I pull out these, I call them my soup starter kits, what I can do is take some Ferndale turkey, ground it up, you know, just saute it in a pan with some onions, maybe add some potatoes. If I'm feeling extra lazy, I can just get frozen potatoes out. <laughs> if I have more energy, I might dice up some nice baby potatoes, but, and then throw in some of that batch cooking and yeah. it's fantastic meals. So. Yep. It sounds delicious. I think for those of us in Minnesota, we sometimes have to bring a little creativity to eat local year round, um, right. but it can certainly be done. And those who are very ambitious, they could actually can that. I just put it in the freezer to kind of take off that last step. But John Peterson uh, with Ferndale Turkey enjoyed you here. Um, and thank you so much. And everyone, get out to the Farm Co-op Tour, farm, uh, coopfarmtour.com, 10 to 4 on Saturday, July 13th. Thanks for the invite, Laura. Thanks, hope to see you on thanks. the farm. Yeah, hope to see you on the farm. And no, just 120 minutes of outside activity decreases depression, helps out everything. 120 minutes a week outside. Good dog. <laughs> Food Freedom Radio. Crazy about pets? We are too. The Pet Connection Show is a great venue for fun, informative, and creative conversations about pets. Join myself, Kathy Menard, and Dr. Nicole Parole, along with guests who are leaders in the dynamic and growing pet industry, as we discuss healthcare, relationships, behaviors, and even political issues as they relate to our pets. So come, sit, stay for the Pet Connection Show, Sundays 11 a.m. to noon on AM 950 Radio, the progressive voice of Minnesota. Hi, I'm Matt McNeil, and I want to encourage you to join me weekday afternoons at 3 p.m. for the Matt McNeil Show. It's a Twin Cities-based full hour of talk where we discuss what's going on in the state and in the nation from a Minnesota perspective. We'll be joined by a lot of great guests, and we'll take your phone calls. Interact with us on the Twitter page, at Matt McNeil Show, the Facebook page, Progressive Citizen X, the Matt McNeil Show, and on email, comment at am950radio.com. The Matt McNeil Show, weekday afternoons at 3, right here on AM 950.